You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. Well, welcome to another episode of Good Life, Great Life. And we have with us today, we have a special entrepreneur. We have Tamara Lower. So Tamara's from Australia. Welcome to the program, Tamara. Well, thank you so much for having me on well, New Year's Eve. Kind of fun. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Looking forward to uh, a brand new year coming up, especially what's gone on the past couple of years. But Let's kick off. Let's start uh, a little bit about your background. I mean, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? And and tell us a little little bit about your story. Well, I, I think I've been an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember, so I don't know anything different, really. Uh, I um, I graduated uh, university quite young um, and went straight into a marketing role um, and and hated it. Um, found it really unethical. Um, didn't like the work environment. So I decided to go out on my own. Uh, so my first, you know, business was, um, which is still going now, ironically, um, it was a digital marketing agency. And uh, through that journey, it's interesting, it took me, you know, 10 years to get to a million dollars in revenue. And then two years later, once I made a, a, a pivot, um, it took me two years to get to 10 million. So uh, you know, that a whole hockey stick journey, definitely experienced that on the way through. So yeah, but um, 25 years as an entrepreneur now, now giving away my age, but um, it's been a fun <laughs> ride, most of it. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're a successful female entrepreneur. Um, I, I know there's a lot of uh, women out there looking for something something more to have in their life and and they may be considering starting a business and and so what what's holding them back do you think and and what can you say to encourage them to kind of make that leap of faith well look I think there's a number of things and every person's circumstance is different but you know when I mentor a lot of women um, who aspire to take the leap into entrepreneurship and uh, the main ones that I see is is firstly you know the the lack of capital uh, women only get 2% of all capital. So they have to be able to self-fund it, which is not always um, an option for women. The second one is uh, no guidance, um, which is why I try and mentor as much as possible because that's been a big part of my journey is having somebody who's done it before kind of show you the ropes and support you because, you know, it can be a lonely game if you don't find your tribe um, of other crazy entrepreneurs. Um, and, and the third one is fear of failure. Uh, you know, we, we don't like to take humongous risks. I mean, you know, we want to be able to put food on the table and look after our kids and we, we tend to put ourselves last. So, you know, having that fear of um, not being able to, you know, do what we 
what we want to do um, is quite important. Um, so, you know, overcoming those things are really important. But what I do find is, you know, women now are the breadwinners, almost 50% in America and over 50% in Australia. And all that tells me is that they're running somebody else's business. So they are completely capable of doing it. So how do we reduce the barriers like capital and, you know, access to mentorship, all those sorts of things so that they can take that leap with confidence and we can get more women into business because they're exceptionally good at it because they lead with their head and their heart and they have natural head heart coherency so they they make wonderful leaders they're very empathetic they understand that the, a customer they can put themselves in the customer's shoes uh so you know we, we need more women in business they tend to also do ethical make ethical decisions as well and you know when we have the top three thousand businesses in the world uh you know the top three thousand doing two trillion dollars worth of damage to the environment a year I feel the best way to address that is by, you know, using business as a force for good. And part of that is getting more women to take that leap into entrepreneurship and the ones that are entrepreneurs, getting them to go to that next level so that they're bigger businesses as well. So it's kind of twofold. We need more women starting and more women, you know, growing to a bigger level because, um, I'm in YPO, <clears throat> which is an average, um, it's a, a young president's organization. It's an average turnover of $45 million per member, and it's less than 10% females. So again, not enough women taking that next leap. What, and tell us a little bit about your, your work-life balance, because some people, female or male, I mean, they may be a little hesitant because they they're already busy people and so to take that leap to start a business or to be an entrepreneur may be a little bit scary because of uh you know the the commitment that's that's required i mean was it always like that for you and building your business and what is it like now in terms of your your work-life balance well, it's funny, I read a book on this um, and I say that balance is BS. Um, so I don't know anyone who's got that right yet. Yes. So, you know, I was looking for that myself and couldn't find it. Um, and what I found was the best way for me is it, it took me a while to get to this point. But once I was, you know, kind of the, you know, own the company, I kind of get to set the rules as well. So what's great about being an entrepreneur is you can actually do what I call blending. So, you know, let's call that balance first. You know, you've got family and work here and you're trying to juggle it and you've got to take from here to here, but there's no self. And self is the most important thing. And, you know, they say on a plane, put your mask on before helping others. So, uh, you know, that's why it's fundamentally flawed, the whole balance thing. Um, so what we want to do is blend everything. So I just naturally did it in my business. I started saying, well, you know, to my team, you know, drop the kids off first and then come to work a little bit later, knock off early so you can go get the kids and then work a couple of hours at night. And I was very flexible in my approach, but um, also things that were important. So if I had a board meeting, um, I would say, and, and my daughter was, you know, in a rehearsal or playing tennis, my very sporty, um, I would be obviously at the tennis match, not at the board meeting. I would choose that. And the number one thing to stop myself from saying is I'm sorry, because you're not sorry for being a mother. It's, you know, you're not sorry for being a parent. Um, so I would say to them, I will be at my daughter's tennis match, um, her finals, um, rather than racing there and trying to fit it in and being frantic and not present. I would take the time and be there for her and I would ask for permission to dial in to the board meeting so that I could listen and contribute. 
and you know by doing that and then giving people up a permission to put their family first and themselves first we've got this blended environment and i was doing that long before COVID hit and everyone started on zoom uh, you know i had I had the flexibility to do that. And I also granted my team the same flexibility. And that's really important. Uh, if you're gonna do anything as a leader, I think it's really important that you extend that to your team as well, which is, you know, then they really run the business. I mean, no one gets to over 10 million in revenue, uh, you know, self-made, there's no such thing. It's team made. And, you know, when you let your team, um, you know, have the same as what you have then they run the business they help they actually make the business almost their own and and that's really where you can start scaling your business that's awesome because a lot of people i mean that's why they want to be an entrepreneur in the first place is they they're seeking that flexibility to be able to do uh more to to attend their kids uh soccer game or uh you know the sporting events and and be there for them as well. So they're, they're really seeking that. And I think we're seeing that with a lot of what's going on in society today with what we call the, the great resignation or the big quit. You know, people are leaving these, these um, jobs that don't inspire them looking for, for something more and having that flexibility. So right now is, is a very popular time for people to, uh, to be starting their own business. Are you, are you seeing that as well in Australia? Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are evaluating what is their purpose, why are they put on this planet. And, you know, we spend so much time at work. And if, for me, it, it, you know, a lot of people think it's about money, but we're rarely driven by money, especially women. Women are driven by purpose. And if, if it's, you know, all about numbers and, and people are just numbers and, and their company isn't ethical, if they're not sourcing ethically, if they're not looking after their, their team members, all of those things, their community, uh, if they're not active in the community, all of those things really um, kind of make it what's called the corporate gray. Uh, and I see that a lot. I see a lot of women who are very capable and have uh, got to a certain position by working very hard and just go, is this it? Um, so, you know, I think it's wonderful that more people are taking the leap into entrepreneurship. It's not as sexy as it looks on the shark tank. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it is a lot of hard work. Um, so what we need to do is work smarter, not harder. And, and you know, um, it, it's all about collaboration. So, you know, a lot of people um, that I meet I, you know, your network is your net worth. I'll say, look, you can go it alone or you could partner with this person. And that's what men in business do really well. They're very good at collaborating, deal-making. I see that a lot. Women tend to do it on their own. So it, it's really important that we, um, you know, have an abundance mentality and look at smarter ways to work together uh, because three of those women might be able to create something a lot bigger um, or they could help each other. Uh, if we all, you know, work together, we'll be able to create more businesses and, and get them through that first hump, which is really difficult. You know, that zero to, you go survive, survival, then payback, then thriving, you know, how do we get through that first couple of years of, of um, pain uh, so that we can get to something that's comfortable so that we can start scaling that business. That's really important. Awesome. So what, what are some traits that a good entrepreneur really has to embrace or has to learn or, or be born with if, if there's such a thing? What, what are some of the most important traits that are going to get them through 
those startup years um, and, and to become a truly successful entrepreneur and achieve what they want out of life? Look, I think the, the same applies ongoingly. Um, the first one is obviously uh, finding a mentor and a guide. Always so much easier if you want to know how to do something. Mm -hmm. Go and ask somebody who's done it before. Yeah, <laughs> you know, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty um, pretty basic, but that's kind of been one of my big things. You know, throughout my career, I've asked for directions, which women are good at. Um, so, you know, the number one thing for me has been mentorship. The second thing is remaining relevant. So, uh, you know, always being mindful that, you know, it's not like investing in property where you set and forget, you know, you, it's, you need to be, have a constant thirst for learning and, and keeping on top of what's trending and, uh, the new technologies and all sorts of things. So, thirst for learning is really important. Um, and, you know, really understanding your why. That's the thing you need to start with first. You know, what is your why? What are you here to solve? You know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So, you know, understanding your values, uh, how they align to your business, um, you know, how you're showing up, what problem are you solving and why that's important to people and yourself, that's really important as well. Otherwise, you know, it becomes, uh, it, those hard times make it not worthwhile. If you are very clear on your purpose and your why, um, you know, you will solve that problem. You will break through that brick wall and then get to the next brick wall and break through that one and just, you know, keep going because it's, it's, it's bigger than, than you. It's bigger than, uh, you know, money and, you know, whatever else that, you know, money's important. Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. But, but it's not a key driver I find for a lot of people, um, especially, you know, being, being in YPO, I mean, we turn over $9 trillion in America alone, just the members, you know, mm. we're the fourth largest economy in the world as members. And we don't sit around and talk about money. I, I, it might seem and look like that from the outside because we have nice cars and nice houses, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how do we solve some of these issues? You know, uh, how do we look after our community better? How do we look after our people better? Um, we've got much bigger conversations at the table. Um, so that that tells me that they weren't driven by money either. So, and I kind of like the fact that those are the people who make it in business. Yeah, and uh, one of my, like one of my mentors always said, he said, you know, money's not important, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. And, and it's it's uh, in it, but it, it's able to provide things that are important in there. So a lot of people uh, maybe aren't money driven, but they're looking for something that 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 money can can provide or to do good in the world out there um one of the things i always love to say is money in the hands of good people are going to do good things and as you said before people are looking for for purpose and and being an entrepreneur i think gives them a mechanism to serve whatever purpose is an, is important to them and money is just a vehicle that's that's going to help them prosperity and purpose and you know for me what i think is really exciting is i made a commitment early on in my entrepreneurial journey to embed giving into everything i do as a cost of goods and what's exciting about that is like one of the businesses that i grew to 14 million in two years um that was only doing a couple hundred thousand when i started in that one um so within two years you know it was we, we embedded giving straight away and so for every meal that we sold we you know gave a meal um and so to think that you know was doing forty thousand meals a week by the end of that you know journey mm. 
um, is, is pretty cool. So when giving is embedded, it, it's quite exciting about, you know, how much you can, you can, an impact that you can make. And um, you'll see that we track that on our website um, every, every sale that we have, and you can see that clock up. Um, but interestingly, um, another mentor, Jeff Hoffman of mine, he's an amazing man. Um, he, he owned Priceline, he started Priceline and, and a few other things. And, uh, he gave me some interesting advice, um, when I was talking about the whole impact thing, he said, the best thing you can do is grow a profitable business that gives back. So rather than starting your own charity, uh, because if you're an entrepreneur and you know how to solve problems and grow big businesses, that's the best thing that you can do and mm -hmm. make that business net positive. So a great book um, from Paul Polman, the ex-CEO of Unilever has just come out. It's called Net Positive. So how does your business give more than it takes? Uh, that's, that's what's exciting to me. Rather than me spending time on charity work, it's about me doing what I do best, which is right. growing great businesses new business models that give back so all our we we um with our customers they all know when they buy one they support a female founder and it gives one to the united nations sustainability goals so buy one support one give one so that that gets me out of bed every day including this conversation this morning <laughs> awesome huh? that's great so what's next in your life what's the next chapter what what uh um, you know, what are you looking forward to in, in your business? I mean, you obviously you've been successful in growing these multi-million dollar uh, organizations and these businesses. Um, what's what's the next uh, what's the next phase? Uh, I guess you know, after twenty five years, um, it's really about legacy and and what it is that I want to create and. Um, I'm not doing that alone, of course. Um, I'm very much about business as a force for good. So, you know, Basal, which is my my latest project and will be my main project for the next decade or so, is all about, you know, a business, a way of doing business that harnesses the purchasing power of consumers. And, you know, consumers are very conscious, especially in recent years. Um, and, you know, they've forgotten that they have the power. And I'm not sitting around waiting for governments to fix the world's problems yeah. i believe it's business we're waiting forever <laughs> and I, it will be <laughs> we've learned that mistake haven't we um so but you know consumers feel very helpless but what they've forgotten is they have the pur purchasing power to change the world uh so you know just by using their purchasing power and switching to products and brands that are ethical uh that are sourced ethically um, you know, that are net positive, that give back, that's how we fix this problem. So for me, Basal is that business model. It is, uh, you know, we are creating that framework of what that looks like and you don't have to spend extra to do it. It just means you're compromising on other things as an entrepreneur. I don't have a massive marketing budget anymore because, you know, it's going towards highly organic, you know, it costs a lot more to make ethical products, but rather than putting the price up on those, we're making them affordable so that um, consumers can use their purchasing power. So that's my project. I'm starting with the beauty and wellness sector, which is what I'm in, um, but we'll see where it goes. You know, it'd be nice to create an ethical Amazon, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Good stuff. So we're running out of time, but how can our audience uh, better connect with you or um, follow you? What's where are some resources for them? Well, I'd actually love to meet you if you're like-minded. Uh, we do, um, I'm a little bit spiritual, so I don't do 
uh, you know, end of month reports, I do new and full moon gatherings, you know. Uh, so if you'd like to come along and to a free gathering, we, we meditate, uh, we journal um, on things that are important that we're focusing on. Um, so yeah, you can join a gathering um, if you go to basal.org forward slash gathering and you can register there and I'd love to see you there. Uh, and let's, let's work on what your purpose is and what direction you're taking because where your focus goes, your energy flows. So we'd like to focus every two weeks on, on that. That sounds great. And we'll put that website in their information uh, along with this podcast so people can easily find that. So our guest has been Tamara Lower from Australia. Uh, she has been an incredible, successful entrepreneur creating multi-million dollar businesses and has been sharing some uh, wonderful wisdom with, with all of us today. So thank you for being with the program tomorrow. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful 22. Oh, thanks. And you too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Good Life, Great Life, brought to you by Brian Highfield. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and stories. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.